Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom, and thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, which is a new tech startup company building platform and community that's based right here in Orange County. So if you're looking for help with your startup or you're looking for opportunities to uh, know about and work with the next generation of high growth software centric companies here, or you just want to be part of the Orange County startup community, you can visit us at OC4V.com. I am super excited to have Nicole Sudam with me on Accelerate OC today. And before we get to hear from her, let me tell you a little bit of uh, introduction about her to get you acclimated. So Nicole is currently the president and CEO of Goodwill of Orange County. And it's a role that she's been in for the last couple years. And prior to that, she had served there for nearly a decade as their vice president of development. And immediately before coming back, to Goodwill. She was the CEO of Second Harvest Food Bank. And while she was there, she had expanded its scale to be able to, to serve over 25 million meals a year here in Orange County, and also uh, helped it achieve a top rating with Charity Navigator. She has more than 20 years of experience uh, with nonprofits here, both locally and nationally in management and leadership roles. And she really just has that calling. Uh, I read some of the, the early epiphany to her about how she came to realize there was a career to be made. And we'll talk a little bit about that today in really serving other humans. And she's dedicated her life to that and clearly has had a, an amazing impact here in, in Orange County. She exudes awareness and empathy and you know community connectedness um, from everything that I see. And I, and I love how she really thinks about this notion of trying to provide hope and this idea of self-sufficiency and independence and purpose uh, and helping to provide that to everyone. And I think that's never been more needed in the world and certainly uh, also in our community as right now with all the challenges that we're facing on the health side, you know, all this, uh, I think, pent up racial and other injustice that people have felt for a long time that have really come to light uh, in recent weeks. And there seems to be a, a, a real stirring energy to uh, address it in a meaningful way like never before. Yeah. Um, you know, Nicole's one of those that I think will really help lead us there. Top six women coast by Coast Magazine. And she's also been named one of the 100 most influential county a couple times by the OC Register. She's a graduate of a local university, Vanguard, where I also used to teach. Oh. And uh, she's past president of the Alumni Association. And uh, Nicole, it's great to have you here. With Thank me. you for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Yes. So let's get to the starting line. As I think about Goodwill of Orange County, I mean, it is an amazing organization that's much larger than I think most people realize. You have well over a thousand employees, many locations. I grew up in retail, so I can appreciate oh. some of the challenges that, that go with some of what you, your organization has to deal with. What's it like to steer such a big organization? 
it's really energizing, I, I would say. We have so many unique types of businesses we operate, you know, from the retail side, traditional brick and mortar to e-commerce. You know, a lot of people don't know we're in that world. Also to all the human services programs that we operate, you know, helping to put people who have barriers to employment into employment into the community. And so we have such a diverse array of activities. So I feel like it always keeps me on my toes and it's very energizing. So you, as I said in the introduction, you returned back to Goodwill a couple of years ago to take the president CEO role. What was it that brought you back there? Really, truly the mission. When I worked here for nine years, I just got hooked on the mission. So much so that I almost forgot, you know, we had retail stores, you know, honestly, you know, I worked on the side of Goodwill that was all about bringing funding and awareness to support the mission, putting people with barriers to work and became so entrenched in that mission. And to the point where, you know, you hear the stories of the people we serve, but not only that, I get to see them every day, right? When I was, mm-hmm. you know, working here before. And so I was drawn to that. Um, I wasn't actually sure I wanted the job. I, it, it actually took me, this was about two years ago that I was going through the, starting the recruitment process and the recruiter called me and said, all right, Nicole, your name has come up a number mm-hmm. of times. You know, you really need to look at this. And I was torn, you know, I was really torn because I loved, you know, my job at Second Harvest and was mm-hmm. feeling like I was having a great time, making a difference, had a great team there. So I was really torn. But as the summer progressed, people I I trust and, you know, trusted advisors and mentors, I remember having one say, you know what, Nicole, you've got to at least look at it. This is something that would be your next step. I don't look at my career as, oh, what's my next step? Where am I going to go next? I like being planted somewhere and and really, you know, being loyal and making a difference. Well, and, and I mean, I think there's probably something to be said for the familiarity that you had in that different jobs, yeah. but at least you had a, a good awareness of the organization. So I'm sure. Yeah, that, it was. Um, and my president and CEO that I reported to for the nine years I was here, he really gave me a lot of opportunities to grow. And, and he would always joke with some of us and say, OK, I want to give you guys CEO like responsibilities so that, you know, you can be considered for a job mm-hmm. like this someday. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at him like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I, I, and so he was always about wanting to grow and and you know help me grow and learn in in my role so that maybe i could be considered someday Mm -hmm. well i you know i'll talk a little bit about it later i i started this show last year because i don't think we do enough talking here about innovation about all the amazing creative entrepreneurial innovative leaders and and folks here in orange county and that that are doing things not only to broaden the impact in the community in southern california but in some cases nationally globally and i get the great privilege of having these conversations so as i think about goodwill and you know i mentioned retail you you guys won the award last year for the best thrift store in orange county and you're competing against true for-profit normal companies that are that are waking up right. every day right. ready to go you know do whatever they have to do to to win and and beat the competition so as you think about competition and in some cases you are competing with true retail companies yeah how do you think about that and and i think the other maybe benefit you have is that greater purpose 
I, I think we look at competition in terms of, I think it just makes us sharper, you know, because it, it really helps us to sort of think bigger and um, be bolder with mm-hmm. how we operate. Um, I think that's just the entrepreneurial spirit that has been created here over many, many years. Mm-hmm. So from our standpoint, I think we get a little excited about competition and we have, you know, a healthy competitive spirit, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's let's go a little bit deeper into that. So you talk about the entrepreneurial spirit. What What is it about that that does pervade Goodwill? Yeah, I, I think it comes back to the founding of Goodwill. Um, Goodwill was founded back in 1901 um, by Dr. Edgar Helms, a Methodist minister out of Boston, uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Dr. Helms really came up with the whole concept of the thrift store. You know, so he saw, you know, all these you know people in the streets who were in need and, and begging and, and wanted help. And he thought, you know what, the wealthy side of town has all these things they don't need or want anymore. And so he just mashed that together and said, okay, let's collect the things that people don't need or want, and let's have people who are in need sell them. Mm-hmm. And so he he really, you know, came up with the whole idea. He innovated the idea of the mm-hmm. thrift store. And then over the years, Goodwill has evolved to meet the needs of individual communities. So, you know, programmatically, we can be very different across mm-hmm. the whole United States. You know, there's mm-hmm. about 100, 100, over 150 Goodwills across the country okay. because we're really about meeting the needs of our local community. But what we're all really about is about putting people to work, the power of work to give people that sense of purpose, pride mm-hmm. and dignity Mm-hmm. Um, that we all have when we do a job that you know we enjoy doing. Well, that's that's a great transition. I mean, that that was a topic that I really wanted to to talk about. I mean, clearly, you to your core have that that strong emphasis on purpose and uh, that idea of self sufficiency and and you know kind of the, the the human dignity that comes with a job and with work. How do you think we're doing right now as a as a country, because you know, innovation in in many respects is displacing a lot of people from jobs, and right, right. You, know, you obviously this this current environment, you know, not even considering that we've been on this trend of, you know, technological change has the potential to really put a lot of people out of jobs. Many of which I would argue aren't that humanizing. You know, some right. of these are rote, mechanical types of things that don't use our humanity and our brains as well. So as, as you think about that, how do you you sort of put those two together? Because I, I totally agree with you. That, like, there's nothing that makes you feel more alive than having a purpose and having yeah. something to, to work on. Yeah, well, I can think of it in light of Goodwill. So when you think about the jobs we have available, mm-hmm. you know, being retail, typically mm-hmm. they're entry level, right? Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do, what we think is, is a positive outcome is when somebody starts out at Goodwill, let's say they start out processing donated goods mm-hmm. or a sales mm-hmm. associate in the store, cashier, mm-hmm. and then we try to put them on a career path. We say, mm-hmm. okay, we want to develop your so that you can yes. be a lead, like a key holder then, you know, assistant manager, manager, and then to the point where, okay, maybe there are other skills that you want, well, because you want to make a higher income somewhere else. So Mm -hmm. we try to support their growth. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we're, we're working to be even more intentional about, Um, Mm -hmm. giving them the, you know, soft skills they need, the interpersonal skills, not just the hard skills, but also Mm -hmm. those important soft skills. 
-hmm. And so it's about putting people on a path. Um, and to us, if we have high turnover in retail, what we're proud of is that they're moving on to a higher paying job that we gave them maybe their first start. And um, because sure. for a lot of the people we serve, their barriers are, to employment are so significant that another employer is not going to consider them. Mm -hmm. But we like to hire people with barriers because it's the idea that we want to give them a chance, yes. a chance to gain confidence and skills so that they can get a higher paying job out in the community. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I look at it from our perspective, because I think if every company can look at it to develop, then, you know, they can be considered for the jobs of the future in, mm -hmm. you know, technology type jobs. You know, I also think of it in terms of um, our e-commerce. So someone could start out and work in, in, our, in our retail store and learn all the retail skills. And then, you know, now we have op an opportunity to grow you and learn e-commerce. And so, you know, we now have in the back of our stores, we have an e-commerce station. So any items that we know are going to sell better online, we train people on how to identify that. Mm -hmm. And they're actually posting the items. And you know, taking the photography of them, posting sure. them, and so they're learning a technology skill now—not just being in the back room of a store processing and getting goods out to the floor, but now they're learning, you know, how to how to use technology. So along those lines, I, I, that's amazing. And I think you know, as I think about just like where that could go, those those are super relevant skills of of the future. Okay. Think about continuing to iterate and adjust. I mean, obviously, in this environment, you mentioned you've had to furlough. Uh, a significant number of people because a lot of the retail stores had to be we were closed, temporarily yeah. shut down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As you think about your mission to put people to work and, and give them a chance, how are you thinking about it? And, and I think this could be even instructive to purpose-driven entrepreneurs and yeah. even existing companies as they think about investments. And, you know, I think for the last several decades, we've had this scenario where a lot of the investment mindset has been purely about financial return and financial return to shareholders. It made me really happy last year when the business roundtable came out and said, mea culpa, you know, we, we focus too much on shareholders alone. We need to think about these other constituents. Yes. I grew up in a multi-generational family business. We existed for you know, well over 100 years. And I can tell you very confidently that we were not trying to make every last dollar of profit every year. It was about this community and how it right. all fit together. So as you think about investments, world's moving quickly, innovation's happening, you you have this mission, how do you weigh your decision making on, on where to invest moving forward? You know, you can never go wrong when you invest in people, mm -hmm. um, right? And you can't get profits if your people aren't, you know, happy and engaged and growing in their mm -hmm. in their work. I love that the roundtable has made that commitment because I, I think if we're creating, I guess, structures and organizations that are having people feel like they're valued, they're growing, they're learning, I think that's half the battle. You know, if, if we don't have an engaged workforce, you know, we're not going to be able to attract new customers, you know, mm -hmm. people aren't going to want to do business with us. And so that's something I'm really passionate about and how we lead and how people feel connected here. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's especially important now, right, is we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's so much uncertainty. Employees, you know, working from home, they're, they're not as connected to the office or to their teams. And so we've even had to um, 
really expand our communications. I feel like we're we're communicating more than ever. And I also feel like we probably will keep that up for a very long time. People feel like we're being transparent. They're getting the information they need. It may not be everything people want to hear, but yeah. I think, you know, if we're going to have strong profits in any company, whether it be nonprofit or for-profit, you know, you have to have an engaged workforce that feels valued. For sure. For sure. So any adjustments that you feel like beyond the, you know, where work is getting done uh, with, you know, the significant uh, work from home that's had to sort of been thrust upon all of us in this environment. Oh, yeah. Any other adjustments to your focus as you think about changes that are happening in the world and how Goodwill needs to adjust? Yeah, well, immediately when we had to shut our program sites and our stores, people still had needs, right? There were still needs in the community. For sure, need. probably great um, people were serving. needs. Yeah. So um, we had to quickly go virtual. And I, I was so inspired by this team. I mean, they really, our managers and program directors, they moved fast. Every person we served was getting personally called. And then within a few weeks, once everybody was at home and their systems and, you know, we had people working from home who'd never worked from home, right? And to the point where our IT team was very busy making sure they had what they need and can get into the, you know, um, the internet and all of that. So it was like just a quick, you know, within within two weeks, right, we're up and running and, and ready to go. And then our um, teams got creative in terms of using Zoom, for example, Mm -hmm. to do classes with the people we serve. Um, Mm -hmm. We serve a a huge program of individuals where they have developmental disabilities. And so for a lot of those individuals, they normally would be with a job coach, one of our good Mm -hmm. employees, who would take them out to a company like, let's say, Oakley or Balboa Bay Club, you know, different local Mm -hmm. companies. And that group would do, they work at those companies, you know, in whatever tasks are needed. Maybe at Balboa Bay Club, it might be housekeeping. Maybe at Oakley, it might be somewhere in their manufacturing plant. But the idea is that they have that job, right? Well, we can't take them to the job site now, right? Everything's mm-hmm. virtual. So our team got really creative and they started um, teaching classes on Zoom. That's awesome. And, you know, whether it be, um, you know, they might do reading, they might do uh, skills. They, um, they even did like exercise programs, you know, mm-hmm. just something to keep them engaged. And what we heard from a lot of the family members of these ad- adult, right, their adult children, that was like the thing they look forward to every day. They look forward to seeing our staff and going on Zoom and seeing their friends. So we tried to still give them, you know, a purpose and and to feel connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really proud of our team for just that quick p- pivot they made, right? What we're also learning about virtual services is that I don't think they're going to go away. Sure. I think we're finding that it's actually making us more efficient and there is the ability to serve more people. It's uh, scalable. That's right. We yeah. have a really cool program called the uh, Assistive Technology Exchange Center. And the idea with that is it's about helping match people who have disabilities. So maybe they're blind, maybe they're, they have a lack of maybe mobility in their body or their hands, mm-hmm. basically giving them access to a computer and technology. And so we have technology specialists, speech and language pathologists that work with these individuals. Well, normally we go to their home or their work or their school to do an assessment or to get them hooked up with the right technology so that they can be more independent. Mm -hmm. We couldn't do that. So everything, but that team did not miss a beat. I mean, they went virtual immediately. 
And now they're able to to serve more clients virtually. And mm-hmm. that program, we serve um, all of Southern California because it's so unique. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of programs like it um, in this region. So we're, we're one of the unique ones that provide that service. Mm-hmm. We've been providing it, I think, since um, the late 90s. Wow. Yeah. So it's probably safe to say then that there will be more innovation and programs that I mean, you've had some thrust upon you, but it's yeah. maybe unlocked right. The, right. the mind and the creativity of a significant number of, of your folks. And then probably, you know, more broadly. I think it's been a good thing because some, you know, we have team members who are already very innovative and creative, mm-hmm. right? And they're, they're familiar with that. But then you have others who may be more resistant to that and they're pushed into it. Now they realize, oh, this is cool. This is another way we can enhance our services to the people that need it the most. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So I talked earlier about the, you know, why I started Accelerate OC. And, you know, it, it is to allow folks like you that are doing amazing things here in Orange County to share those stories and and share that perspective. I'm curious, you know, you've been here for a long time. Why do you think that it's been hard to bring that awareness and that connection across different groups. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot, actually. And I think part of it is that Orange County doesn't have its own media market, Mm -hmm. right? And so we're part of the Los Angeles media market. And so in some respects, can sometimes be viewed as the kind of stepchild of Mm -hmm. LA County media. The suburb, yes. Yeah, and so I think think that's part of it. Um, So we don't have necessarily, and and then when you think about the things that have branded us have been reality TV shows, (laughs) which isn't always a positive thing. Yes. But I I do think that's part of the reason uh, why. And as I go to conferences, you know, across the country with Mm -hmm. colleagues and other areas, and I say I'm from Orange County. Either they connect us to the Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm like, no, 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 it's not like that. Yes. Or the Real OC. There was a show once, right? Mm. They remember those things. Or they say, no, you're part of LA. That's also what they'll say. And I'm like, okay, no, let me let me tell you about Orange County. So then I use it as an opportunity to educate. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of it. Just when you're out there at conferences, you really have to be intentional about educating people about all the benefits of sure. Orange County. Do you think people here have just accepted that reality that we're a little bit overlooked and, you know, almost this best kept secret kind of market and they're okay with that? Because I I think, you know, from my perspective, I look and say, like, I think there's untapped potential. I think we can do more. I think we have this really interesting place in the world where we're, we're probably not viewed as radical, maybe as... Northern California, or even, you know, because of the entertainment industry around LA. So, you know, I had Charles Ansis on last year, and he was talking about how he can say things because he's from California, even nationally. And you may not be able to get away with it in certain parts of the country, but because he's from California, people will, won't dismiss him, but they'll also listen. And, and there's, there's sort of this place, I think, of being a uniter maybe that that we have a role to play and so i'm i'm emboldened to say let's go do more i agree let's go be bigger than a a suburb of la because i think we are way more than that so i I serve on the board of the orange county council and i think they really do an amazing job of highlighting all of the strengths of orange county and i think one of the ones that i talk about a lot with my colleagues in other areas of the country is we're the sixth largest yes. by population in the United States. You know, we have to continually, um, I guess, 
brag about Orange County, right? And all the great things, you know, we're also like the fifth most educated county in the United States. I mean, we have great universities mm-hmm. here. Medical device manufacturing is you know, number one here. A lot of companies have been started here. So I, I do think we have to do a better job of bragging about ourselves. But um, I will say the Orange County Business Council has so many different reports and research studies about um, our market, whether it be workforce development, housing, economic development. Um, and I think a lot of us as business leaders can benefit from all that data and research they've done. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge I think where I sit is at that sort of tip of the spear of the innovative early stage companies is a lot of the data there, which really should be our job engines of the future. That's where you know the majority of jobs in the country, new jobs that are getting created are coming out of early small companies. Right. That, that's where a lot of those jobs get produced. We're, we're not having the same level of starts and of job creation, and particularly the higher value jobs, right? right? The kinds of STEM jobs that are the ones that we're producing a lot of graduates in, but we don't necessarily have the jobs for them to step into. So as you think about that, any any thoughts from you know your your position at Goodwill or even from the OCBC as to how do we connect these dots better so that we are producing the right kinds of companies with the right kinds of jobs as we move forward? Yeah, I mean, I think part of our, our challenge in Orange County is housing, right? I mean, we have a high cost of housing, limited supply of the type of housing that would help, you know, a young person get started here, sure. right? So I think that's part of our battle. And part of that is in policy, how cities allow for more housing. And I think part of it is also um, in Sacramento and, and mm-hmm. laws that are passed that could make housing, you, you know, more available. You know, so I, I think that's part of the battle, just that young people, it's hard to afford to live sure. in Orange County and imagine, you know, trying to afford to buy a house, much less, you know, pay a high rent. So I, I think that's part of the challenge. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I guess I look at it as I go, okay, yeah, totally agree. It's expensive. You know, if we double yeah. supply housing, but if we're only producing $40,000 a year jobs, it almost doesn't matter how much housing yeah. you have, right? Like that's why yeah. I, I tend to try to focus everything on let's focus on jobs. Let's focus yeah, on good job jobs, feature. getting, yeah. yes, like getting the right kinds of companies started in medical device and biotech and technology and, and things that are going to be relevant. I think we're in this really interesting generational change right now where a lot of the wealth that's been created here of the, over the last several decades was not built in these industries. More and real so, estate. Yeah. That's right. So how do we re how do we reorient a lot of these folks with that wealth and encourage them to invest in the next wave of businesses and, and of more technology centers? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I was talking to a colleague of mine who runs a Goodwill in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and he's really passionate about the jobs of the future. And one of the things that I kind of caught on with him is he's looking at creating, you know, like a trade school for Mm -hmm. the future to train people who have barriers for these jobs. And I said, well, do they require college education? He said, no, because in some cases they don't even require a high school education. And so that really piqued my interest Mm -hmm. in skills. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to be, you know, talking to him more about, you know, he's a mentor in that area because he's, he's really researched it and delved into it and used it as I think part of his master thesis too. Mm about really learning about the jobs of the future. So 
And that's something that I think, you know, we're we're going to need to look at here at Goodwill of Orange County because, you know, we have many people who aren't going to have maybe the ability to get a college education, but, you know, they're highly motivated to work and learn. And we want to create that path for them, that path to self-sufficiency. Yeah, the, the, the thing that does get me really excited, there's a lot of good discussion and work underway here about more kind of career path and and skill-based training, which, you know, in many respects, like there, there are some elements of, of something like a college education that can be valuable. Absolutely. But I mean, it's also very easy to look at our college system and say, you have been really not preparing a significant percentage of people going through for the reality of the world that's out there. Yeah. And now with the cost, the economics of that equation are highly yeah. questionable in many cases. And so you have the students saying, you know, they're taking gap years coming sure. up even because if they're not going to be able to be in the classroom, mm -hmm. right, with the pandemic, sure. they're kind of like, why am I going to spend thousands of dollars to do this? So I think it's it's really a difficult time. I think colleges and universities are going to really struggle with, you know, how to move forward. And, and it, mm -hmm. you know, will bring out the best. And I think the ones that are supposed to grow and move forward sure. and will. And That's right. I think others may not make it. That's right. And but I would say. This is a huge opportunity for innovation in education, and the more that that can be connected to outcomes, right? right? I mean, that that's where I feel like you have a really unique position and value to play is to say we have workforce. The better we understand the jobs of the future, we can put programs in place to connect them to those jobs, and I think everyone can benefit. Yeah, so, exactly. I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where it's at. I mean, we, you know, we, we do a lot of entry level jobs for people mm -hmm. we serve, but I, I think we have to get to the point where they're going to have opportunities to do, you know, jobs in AI and robotics mm -hmm. and, and cybersecurity and the jobs of the future. Yeah. And those, those create, will create all kinds of jobs around them. Not everybody needs to be a PhD data scientist. And that's, I think that's the part that's exciting is you don't have to have, you know, a high level of education. It's, it's really the hard skills training that you need, right. To, to do those jobs. And, and so that's exciting. Neither of us is originally from Orange County as far as born and raised, but we both have been here for quite a while. What's your favorite thing about Orange County? Gosh, um, growing up in a pretty, I guess, small rural town, I grew up in Santa Maria, the central coast. Mm -hmm. For me, Orange County was just this exciting place, a buzz of activity, right? I love the diversity of Orange County. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much, you know, every culture, every type of food, a great arts culture here. So from that perspective, I feel like you can you can do just about everything here and not leave. I think there's sort of this joke that we have this orange curtain, right, between L.A. and, mm -hmm. and Orange County. And I don't always feel motivated to go into L.A. County. Sure. Do you think, I think there's so many wonderful, fun things to do in Orange County. So um, I just love the diversity. I love, you know, raising my kids also in a community where, you know, they're around kids of all races and ethnicities and um, and religions. And I just feel like it's it's making them, you know, really open-minded and, and mm -hmm. learning. And, and that makes me excited for them. Anytime I get a little bit frustrated or depressed or something, all I need to do is look at, at the youth and say, they're going to figure yes. this out. <laughs> I truly right? believe that. Yes. Yeah. I look at my girls and 
I see their heart and I see, you know, just they know way more than I knew at mm, 12 and 15. Amazing. I mean, yes. I just I'm excited to see where they're going to go. And so that that makes me excited. And that's what I love about Orange County is mm. that, you know, we have that diversity here. Mm-hmm. So you, you, the other thing yeah, I love that you uh, preempted me a little bit, you're talking about your colleague in Kansas City. Uh, and, and, you know, you are part of a national organization as well. So I think that while you know, Goodwill of Orange County, as I know, is leading in many, many areas and looked at by your colleagues everywhere as uh, uh, an innovator, as you think about where we, uh, you know, com- compared to the other communities that you do interface with, as you think about opportunities that we should be thinking about. What, what, what are the things that are on your mind as you say, okay, five, 10 years down the road, if we don't address these, I mean, you mentioned housing as one, yeah. but are there, are there other big things that you think, hey, as a community, we really should be paying attention to this and being intentional about it to, to continue to, to thrive? So one thing that, that, that I think we need to, as we look to the future, at least as a community, right? Uh, I'll put it in that aspect. When you open up the book of lists for the Orange County Business Journal and you look at all the publicly traded companies, there's very little diversity. Um, so I'm looking forward to the day, you know, five, 10 years from now when we see CEOs of, you know, um, of different races, uh, more women. I mean, mm-hmm. there's very few women running, um, I mean, maybe one or two in Orange County. Um, so. Yeah, I, I do think that we need to be more intentional about diversifying the, the C-suite and mm-hmm. even our boardrooms, mm-hmm. um, Goodwill of Orange County included. I mean, that's that's something, you know, that I I'm, think is very important, um, you know, to make sure we represent the community. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great call to action. I, I am super excited. I, I don't know that we've talked too much about it, but um, I feel uh, really lucky and, and excited to, to get a new program off the ground here that we're launching this year called the Orange Fellowship that's designed to really connect these just out of college new professionals to Orange County to try to keep them here, to try to invest in them here. And hopefully we're going to you know, create some of the future CEOs uh, starting right now. And my, my thought is if, if we start investing in them in their early 20s and we get them oriented to the community and really invested Absolutely. in Orange County, they're going to be the future entrepreneurs and CEOs. And the diversity, uh, just starting to look through the applications. And, you know, we have a little bit more women than men that applied. We have just incredible diversity of backgrounds. And uh, I could not be more excited to, to see yeah. this uh, as, another, as another way to really invest in, in It's that. important. I, I think you know, and I don't know if we've always been intentional about it. And so I, I do think, I mean, even Goodwill Orange County, we're 96 years old. I'm the first female um, CEO in 96 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think just we have to see more of that, um, you know, within our community. Well, thank you for going first. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. A, it's a big step. So, uh, yes. Happy to. Uh, that's awesome. Well, as you're thinking about the rest of this year and, and 2021 for just I mean, planning has to be so difficult right? and, and where we're going to be, how are you thinking at this point, the rest of 2020 and, and next year? Yeah, I mean, we're we're planning. I mean, retail is a big part of our engine, you know, our brick and mortar. So it's, it's over 60 percent of our operating budget. 
Um, so it's we don't we haven't quite hit a what we would call a new normal yet because we've just started slowly reopening in the month of June. We'll be completely reopen um, all of our locations and most of our donation centers by by at the end of this month, um, the month of June. Um, so I think for us, it's being really realistic about you know how the store sales will do. We're going to have to be very mindful of labor costs and you know being lean. I mean, that's really, we've already been working towards that. Um, I think of our efficiencies and doing things that will increase our efficiencies, whether it be, you know, better software programs that we can use. Um, you know, we were talking about a technology solution yes, just yesterday that we're going to go ahead and continue to move forward in and invest in because it's going to help our stores be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really about that being lean, being efficient. Um, you know, I'm going to have to give my board of directors sort of a, a new, um, a forecast of how I think we're going to end the year, um, our best assumptions that we're going to sure. have to make. Also, what I'm excited about is I think this is the year where we really need to get um, very smart about e-commerce. Um, we've been doing e-commerce for many years. We, we actually founded um, and, and continue to operate um, a platform called shopgoodwill.com. And so it's our e-commerce platform for Goodwills only. So it's like a, it's an auction site. You can also buy things immediately, but mostly auction, much like eBay, mm-hmm. but it's just for Goodwills. So mm-hmm. there's about 130 Goodwills that post items on that site. We own Amazing. and operate it, so they pay us fees for it. Um, I really need to, I think as, a, as an organization, we need to look at how to take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, I've, I've been getting a lot of good feedback um, from my colleagues on ways they want to see it enhanced. Um, so, you know, I'm telling my board, like, okay, we need to look at how to invest in shopgoodwill.com because it's such a powerful platform for our network. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did a market research study last year in partnership with 11 other um, Goodwills across the country. They all pulled our resources together. Um, hired actually a local firm to do that, um, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. you know bring Orange Candy to the table. That's right. You, you live in it. I, I yep. greatly appreciate so, yeah, it when I, I hear yeah, that. We, right. I mean, they they went up against um, some of the largest, um, well-known um, companies in the country, and mm-hmm. a local Orange Candy firm won the bid. That's amazing. So I was proud of that. Um, so I, I really feel like that research, um, that research combined with just how we. Um, you know, the ideas that we've heard from our sellers on how we want to enhance that site. So I'm excited about that. I think um, all retailers, yeah, I mean, we know e-commerce has, has been around the last mm-hmm. several years and it's, it, talk about acceleration. Um, sure. If you weren't buying things online before the pandemic, you certainly were during yes. the pandemic. Um, Absolutely. So I'm excited for that and for our future um, with e-commerce. That's really it, it, the interesting thing there. I mean, that, that probably bears even potentially its, its whole own discussion, this idea of how do you define and redefine the business or the businesses that you're in? Right, right. Because in that and case, you're, right, you're not just serving the Orange County community. No. You're serving the, yeah, net- the, na- the network. Yeah. That's right. We have two benefits to that, right? We 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 serve the the seller community of Goodwills, mm-hmm. and then also we put our own local items on Shop Goodwill, and so we're we're testing out things, you know, mm-hmm. testing out the idea of curbside pickup, and um, sure. you know, and, and people do like you know the thrill of the the treasure hunt, you know, with Goodwill, and mm-hmm. um, and there is there all the data even before this pandemic pointed to 
thrift and resell being um, hot growth trends um, mm -hmm. of the future. And so, mm -hmm. and, and you're seeing more um, public um, companies getting into that space. Let's talk about competition. Sure. Well, certainly from a sustainability standpoint, yeah. it has, uh, as as more and more awareness and attention is there on reuse and recycle. Right, and right. Fast that. fashion. That's right. Out. Yeah, you have companies that are, you know, now they're sort of forced to close because mm -hmm. of the pandemic, but they were already starting to struggle even ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really fascinating. It's, it's uh, you know, super fun to, to think about the, the innovation opportunities. Yeah, so that's, that's for us where it's at. It's yes. you know, really moving, moving in that, you know, mm -hmm. taking e-commerce to the next level. That's great. Well, personally, how do you keep yourself sharp and, and innovative. Uh, you're now at the kind of the height of your game as the CEO of this significant organization. So how are you continuing to invest in yourself and, and grow? Um, a few ways. So I, um, I belong to a women's group we meet every month. And so that group is a great place for us to, you know, just support each other. I think just having a support system to go through things together. I mean, when this started this pandemic, having that group to just be like, oh my gosh, look at all the challenges before us. I mean, we, we each had our own set of challenges mm -hmm. dealing with this. Um, so there's that. Um, there's really trying to be, um, you know, the self-care, trying to make sure I get plenty mm -hmm. of sleep and eating well and exercising, you know, always a challenge when you're busy, but, you mm -hmm. know, priorities for me. And then, um, I would say also I love um, just having connecting to the other Goodwills across the country. Mm -hmm. Last year I was part of a program where I spent I probably a month out of Orange County just visiting. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a week at various Goodwills and learn and they share. You know we're mm -hmm. all about opening our books to each other and sure. sharing the good and the bad. And so from that standpoint, um, I'm really trying to study the high-performing Goodwills um, and just trying to bring back ideas that will help us um, and, and increase our performance. So that's part of it, and just having mentors and, and people to draw in that uh, will challenge me and help me to learn. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. So Paul, unfortunately, always has to cut me off of these conversations. <laughs> He's no uh, fun. <laughs> Somebody, he's my accountability partner here at Accelerate OC. So final lap here. I always like to lead in the episode with allowing the guests to really share a, a key lesson or, or piece of advice that they would love to impart to uh, my listeners. So as you think about, you know, I mentioned the Orange Fellowship and this up and coming group of professionals. I, I think we have amazing youth in this community and these are going to be the future CEOs yeah. and entrepreneurs and key community members. What what advice would you have for them at this point? Be kind, be curious, mm. and always go above what's expected. Mm. That's really my advice. Those are... I think you can never go wrong if you're if you're kind, if you're curious, and you just go above and beyond expectations. That's amazing. So very simple, but yet so powerful. So Nicole, thank you so much for taking us on this ride, for sharing the amazing work that you and your colleagues at Goodwill are, are doing and, you know, sharing your, your perspective and, and wisdom as a, a key leader of the Orange County community. So thank you for all you're doing. 
as a leader and, and the contributions you make personally and, and through your organization. And it, from my perspective, you're doing a huge amount of work to accelerate OC. Oh, thank you. We're having a, a great time and, and changing a lot of lives at the same time. So appreciate it. Absolutely. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 